0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. And I am coming at you live from the great city area of Seattle, actually a little bit south of Seattle, uh, in Lacey, Washington, a bit closer to Olympia. Another Seattle episode. Another Seattle episode. This is the first time that the Seattle fan on this podcast is actually recording from Seattle, despite how many times did you record from Seattle? I
1: believe it was three or four, because I was there for
0: about five,
1: five and a half weeks in total. So I think we did about three or four episodes at least. And
0: how many times while you were there did the Seahawks win? Actually none.
1: Because the one week they
0: did, yes, the one week they did win, I'd actually come back to DC for
1: about 10 days. So So uh, so I heard
0: that here first. The Seattle Seahawks' poor season, where we have suffered from Russell Wilson's first losing season of all time, is all business fault. It's all down to me. But anyway, how was your Christmas? Uh, Christmas, was, Christmas was a little sick. I was um, worried uh, about a, a little bit of a COVID scare on Christmas. Uh, but my Christmas was a little delayed. Uh, I flew out on the 27th to visit my family. So I'm kind of having my Christmas now, and it's great. Nice. You? That's good.
1: Yeah, it was great. We went to uh, New Jersey. Um, for for a couple of days. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, just came back. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to watch the sorry New York Giants because of because of where we were on Sunday. Oh so, gosh. so uh, so yeah, it was um, uh, it was it was a good Christmas, uh, spending time with family and had a couple of days. And now now back in DC for
0: for New Year. Yeah, and you're going to be there throughout the end of the regular season. I'm going to be here throughout the end of the regular season. So that means next week it's going to be a very similar uh, listening situation, but we will be closing out the regular season after next week. It is getting so close to the playoffs, and there are still a lot of teams up for grabs for who's going to get it.
1: There's there, there, There's not much that's been decided in terms of particularly the 5 the five, six, seven seed in both conferences, but yeah. we can get into that a bit later because obviously I think The news in the NFL was dominated by one story in particular today, and I will let you take the reins on that.
0: Yeah. Um, We had the unfortunate news yesterday uh, that John Madden passed away at the age of 85. And it goes without saying that John Madden has had a monumental impact on the sport of gridiron football, Uh, unlike many other players players coaches broadcasters personnel executives have ever had and you can make the case that john madden has had more impact from a single person than anybody else in history yeah
1: absolutely agree um i mean what's your what's your experience with with john madden obviously you are from this country you must have grown up with him being
0: on tv and you know from a young age absolutely i mean 100 percent Anybody who plays video games knows what Madden NFL football is. The the game franchise. Uh, Anybody who's watched football for the past 20, 30 years or so is well familiar with the sound of John Madden's voice when he's giving Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or whichever network he's in and the countless Super Bowls. I actually, instead of countless, I think it was 11 Super Bowls that he called. Um, The... Everybody knows the, the visual and audio benefits that he has done to the NFL. And that's not even counting the fact that he is the highest winning percentage coach in the history of the NFL. Um, won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Still is the highest wins for a, a Raiders coach of all time. Statistic I did not realize is that he got to the AFC championship game five times in seven years before he won his first Super Bowl. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, how how is this something that escaped me? And then I completely forgot, oh, wait, right, the Steelers existed in the 70s.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, uh, uh, my experience is obviously slightly different. I, certainly anyone that plays video games anywhere around the world will know John Madden just because it, it's just mm-hmm. – it's an iconic name in the NFL franchise, and particularly that video game. Certainly for me, when I moved to this country, actually I believe was, he was doing the Sunday night broadcast, I think on NBC uh, for a year, and then he retired. Um, but obviously like moving here, he, he was still the voice of the NFL. And you pulled up that stat as well, that I only saw today that in 10 years, he only lost 32 games. Which is actually an amazing stat. It's an amazing stat. And I think, you know, he, for me anyway, he was someone that getting into the games when I started to watch Sunday Night Football, he made the game slightly easier to understand for like a layman like myself. Um, And I think that was his greatest gift as a broadcaster. I mean, he was larger
0: than life, he was fun and entertaining to watch on TV. He's obviously going to be sorely missed. The passion that he had for breaking down what you could see to a level that everybody could understand helped usher in multiple generations of new viewers to the sport. Yeah. And it helped define what a commentator and a broadcaster really, really should be. Yeah, absolutely. Though the NFL certainly lost a giant, they're never going to forget his contributions and they're only going to be better for the fact that he was there. Speaking of things that went for the better, how about Jalen Waddell? Well, I... <laughs> yeah, there's no easy transition,
1: but uh, no, there's no. But I, I there's no easy that. transition, but um, sure. I'll probably speak for the next hour on this because uh, what a weekend it has been for me. As as uh, I was in the semi final against um, our dear friend Jerry, and then we recorded last week's episode from Miller's Ale House, and you had I, already I, given I, up by that point that day, or maybe it was a few hours after we recorded. Got a notification, Austin Eckler goes down, tested positive for COVID-19. Said he was day-to-day because um, uh, apparently he's vaccinated, but he was definitely out for the weekend. So I was like, okay, great. That's That's one of my top players who's out. The next morning, get a notification, Dalvin Cook tests positive for COVID. He's on the NFL protocols, and as an unvaccinated player, he's out for 10 days. These aren't just two okay players. These are two... Well, certainly Dalvin Cook, just side of fantasy, is top five running back in the NFL. Austin Ekeler is probably in the top 10 running backs in the NFL. In fantasy, they're both probably in the top five because of Austin Eckler can catch out the backfield. And So I had my two starting running backs, who are also great players, gone, And I was like, I, I basically, yeah, I had given up. I was like, uh, what am I going to do? So I went onto the waiver wire. Luckily, um, oh, and also, after Austin Eckler went down, I dropped Chase Edmonds and picked up uh, Justin Jackson because he's, he was Eckler's backup.
0: I did that in every single league that I had uh, Eckler in. I immediately right. went and picked up right. uh, Justin right. Jackson because right. he has a lot of potential. He's just behind Eckler. He's just, yeah. And so, but then the next day,
1: Dalvin Cook went out, and I just dropped Chase Edmonds. And I thought, okay, this is going from bad to worse. Um, and so, so then I thought, I will try and pick up Chase Edmonds again. And that didn't go through until Saturday. Um, So Thursday, Thursday night game, I was down by about 13 points. Thankfully, Aaron Jones, Jerry had Aaron Jones, didn't have a great game. I think he got almost 14 points, um, kind of average. Um, I was still in it. So then on Saturday, Christmas Day games, um, I wasn't going to start Chase Edmonds because James Conner had been doing really well and it's a split back system in Arizona. The game had started. I was with family. I wasn't really watching it. And then I get a text from my competitor now in the final and said, which said, James Connors out and you didn't start Chase Edmonds. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, he's, he's out with an ankle injury. Now, I don't know when that was announced. But to my knowledge, maybe even the game had started and he just happened to be a healthy scratch because I didn't know. I, I remember checking my lineup about an hour or an hour and a half behind, before the kickoff. And it didn't say anything about James Conner. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that announcement came half an hour before kickoff. Then the game goes. Lo and behold, Chase Edmonds literally has the best game of, the se- best game of his season. He, he scores two touchdowns, I believe. Catches about 50 or 60 yards. Rushes for about another 64, 64 yards. Gets 25 or so points. I'm like, you know what? This game is gone. Then the weekend comes. And I start seeing some of the scores. And I... I, I knew I sort of was doing okay. And then I, I played Melvin Gordon, who literally... Great I mean, he's, trade, by he's, the way. Great he, is, he, he literally... I mean, he's dead to me. Just like my competitor with CEH, I will never, ever pick Melvin Gordon ever, <laughs> ever again. In the, in the time when he needs to step up the most, he has the worst game of the season. He scored one point. I believe he had one catch for... Or one rush for one yard, totally. Um, so he's gone. Um, and then uh, I remember someone texting me saying, you're still in with a shout. And I tend to not check the scores until Sunday night. Then uh, the Sunday night game comes. And I thought, well, you know what? It's a rivalry game. Washington's going to be up for it. Jerry had Dallas's defense. Lo and behold, we all know what happens. We're going to talk about that game a bit later. We will. Washington just absolutely shits the bed, as you say. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just dismantled. Firm. They were spanked. To use another technical term, by by the the team that I will not mention, um, and Dallas's defense, I believe, scored twenty five points. So I had one player going up for me on Monday night, which was how, how far down goal. were you? How down were you before? So the- again, this is a funny story. So literally after the game ended, I checked the scores, and Jerry was up by I think thirteen point eight. So I thought I need about fourteen. I need fourteen points from Jalen Waddle. Mark texted me, improper Mark texted me and said 19. I was like, what? And so I went back on the app and they just adjusted the scores because they hadn't yet put the last defensive touchdown for Dallas on. So lo and behold, I needed, I think, it. well, Jerry was up by about 18.8 points. So I needed 19 points from Jalen Waddell. Now I know Jalen Waddle was capable of doing really well, but I didn't think he was going to get 19 points. I thought When I thought he could get, I thought he could get about 14. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to watch the Monday night game because I can't bring myself to. And I was with family. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to turn on the second half. And I saw the score and it was Miami 17, New Orleans 3. And I thought, well, Jalen Waddle probably hasn't done that much. It's not a high scoring match. And then I saw the stat line comes up, 10 for 92 and a touchdown. And then they started showing the highlights. And I was like, oh my God, I think I might be in with a shout. I actually, I didn't even check my score. I actually went onto the app to check how many points Jaden Waddle had scored, and he had scored 24.1. So I go onto my app,
0: oh, and I Gary. pulled out
1: the win by five points, four points, and this is by far, you know, I know I had the greatest win of my fantasy life earlier in this season, but this has surpassed it. This has usurped it. This is by well, far you had the You would already
0: phoned in. I'd the phoned lot. it in.
1: Well, two of the, not just two of my starting players. I mean, they're two of the best running backs in fantasy. They mm-hmm. were down with COVID. I mean, I didn't. I was just. So, you know what? Jalen Waddle, you beauty. I love you. You will probably be my first pick in the draft next year. Over 100 Here's 100? to you, Jalen. Over <laughs> <laughs> CEH. I won't pick CEH. Over CEH. C-E-H. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but. After my soliloquy, the best always rises to the top, and I'm now in the final against Improper Mark. And How did you do this week?
0: Uh, I mean, those games don't matter. I, <gasps> I, think I ended up you losing my, like... You say that, lost by a point. <laughs> you're 100% correct. I think I lost by a point. I don't even think I adjusted my lineup going to this week. <gasps> oh, um, I was in two yours. other leagues that I was in the semifinals for. I ended up losing both of those matches By two teams that had their best weeks of the whole Uh, I had the second highest output on one of my semifinals, but the person who I was playing against had the highest output per points the entire league. It was just kind of crazy what they ended up having. Uh, I wanted to make a little bit of time before we uh, go to the NFL to just give a shout out. To improper Mark, who just dominated, whom you claimed to be the the false <laughs> the false champion, the false champion in in, in Spencer, laying up hundred forty to eighty, a sixty point I, win for improper Mark. A I'm gonna make a comment on that. Finally,
1: finally, Spence gets his comeuppance. I love you, Spence, but finally, you get your comeuppance, and you know. Um, I, I, I'm also going to say, Improper Mark, we've talked about this. He actually said he's going to look forward to what I say. He is the most reluctant fantasy American football player in the history of the world. I don't even think he... We've had him on as a guest. And he just he's constantly moaning about his team, this, that, and the other. He's always like this. And now he's in the final against me. And I'm sure he's going in to win because I've actually beaten him twice and it's hard to beat another team twice. And, and I know, ironically, I have this theory that again, i put Eckler and Cook in. Obviously, stick with your ride or die with your starters. But I just have this feeling, Dalvin Cook, they're both coming back from COVID. And I wonder whether they're both going to have more of a split back system with Matteson and Justin Jackson too, because he had a great game. And I am worried about that. And there's part of me that actually thinks, well, if James Conner can't go, should I put Chase Edmonds in instead of one of them? I just want to point
0: out that Dalvin Cook was the number one pick. In our draft for this league <laughs> this year, and you're contemplating not playing him in the final? Uh,
1: maybe, maybe. You have to wait and see. I oh, will oh, also, God. you know, I, I am also going to give uh, you know, credit where credit is due. Improper Mark, I've had a, di- I had a dilemma all this week because I'm, I've actually been blessed with four amazing wide receivers really this year Justin Jefferson, who I did trade for with you. He's yep. a lock. He's always the lock. And over the last few weeks, it's always been, who do I play two out of the three of...
0: It's been more of a dilemma. Uh, um, Hunter Renfro, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has been, you've had to play him the past few weeks. Well,
1: well, ironically, he had a great game this last week. But before that, the last few weeks, he'd had, re- he'd had some very average weeks. The week before last, he had one catch. And I was honestly thinking, you know what? Jalen Waddle and Hunter Renfro have the hot hand. Maybe I should go with them. Um, I, again, you know, imp- and again, give credit. Improper Mark said to me, look, you've got to go. J- Jamal Chase is boom or bust. You know, you've got to, you've got to ride or die with your great players. If, if he gets one catch, so be it. But he is someone that can get 20 points. Um, whereas Hunter Renfro, the, the ceiling isn't very high. Yeah. So, and... And he also said Jalen Waddle too, because you know Matthew Berry recommended, you know, sort of said you know wide receivers. He loves this last week and Jalen Waddle. I, I have played most of the time, um, but yeah. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Mike
0: and Petra in the final some credit. So uh, yeah, but on to I'm the gonna final. Go, no, I, I'm gonna give him a little bit of love before we move on because we really haven't talked about like what his how his team looks. Do we? Do we really have to? You just had a soliloquy for like 20 minutes. I'm going to give him at least two.
1: <laughs> okay, I won't speak for the next uh, 10 seconds.
0: So Josh Allen had a very good game, did a, a game that was almost necessary, beating the Patriots uh, 33-21 against the rookie Mac Jones, who, who's showing that he's still a rookie, even if he's looking like he has the chance to be a very, very good player for years to come. Uh, Josh Allen looked like what he needed to do. Uh, Alexander Madison got him 15 points, got a touchdown in that game. Ah, uh, Debo Samuel balled out to 150 plus yards. Uh, but the 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 one of the players that I really really think stands out a lot is uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Now he didn't have a touchdown this game, but he still caught eight passes for 82 yards, and he's looking like if you were to ask me uh, some under the radar players, if you were going to be drafting for legacy of previous rosters, oh definitely, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. would be one you'd want to hold on for yes. several years. Yeah.
1: And I think next year he will be one of the top, maybe 10 wide receivers, I reckon, in the rankings.
0: I think so. If you consider, like, for long-term, like, if this is a young player who's going to be a number one option for years to come, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a great option for there. Um, Looking at uh, Spencer's lineup, Oh my gosh. Like, you use the term shit the bed, but it seems like his entire lineup <laughs> decided to not even wake up. He had Aaron Rodgers, who did well, and then the rest of his team Saquon Barkley, Bar- Javante Williams, Keenan Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, the Cincinnati defense. They just, oh my gosh. Like, what a week for Spencer to have one of his yeah. worst games. Yeah, but you know what? I- I've got, I- I- in terms of, what, what was that baseball stat
1: that I still have gotten I, I don't know what it means was it wins above replacement or something like that yeah it's kind war. Of, if war. you if you if you, te- if you take uh, on paper with all due respect that team on paper isn't great it, it's, No, it's, it's not I
0: would say it has a very very low war right rate.
1: right oh, yeah. and yet he was he he finished third in our league and mm-hmm. obviously you know got to the semi-final. so I'm like you know what he in terms of coach of the year, He's certainly a candidate, obviously, apart from yours truly.
0: But, um, but, but yeah, in terms of Every manager the of the humble, year. humble, humble owner. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's actually uh... get away from our league. We'll come back to the final towards the end of the episode. Oh, no, please. Um, Can we not just talk about... The what league? about save the best for last? Okay, yeah. Well, they're fair enough. Fair enough. We have a bunch of games that we're going to talk about. Um, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on each game because at this point, we're we pretty much know what the good teams going forward are we know what the storylines going forward are you you mentioned very very briefly about dallas destroying washington football team oh my god if you ever watched if you watched that game that was a slaughter yeah it was just mind-boggling to me like i think most people predicted the cowboys to win that game but i don't think anybody expected it to be by such a wide margin
1: no and, and also just being up 42 7 at halftime i i actually because i was with family i i turned it on like at halftime and i Again, I was a bit like we talked about the Tampa Bay New Orleans score like last week. I was just kind of like, "What 42? And I was like, "Has the game finished?" Or and it was half time, and you're just like, "You know what? It was." Um, Washington is one of those teams that has been wracked by COVID. You know, they really have. Uh, they they have. However, I mean, in a way, every team has to a certain extent. Some you know, and it isn't an excuse really to be to, to by your arch right by your arch rival to get smacked in the mouth like that I I don't I I sort of don't really know what happens sometimes you get these sort of abnormal results that just and you know Washington has a good defence and that's what they pride themselves on and they just I mean they just kind of quit halfway halfway through the match and um, it's going to be interesting to see you know obviously we saw the sideline incident you know with Jonathan Payne as well and in fairness to America's team I try not to call them it's a bit like you know, Redacted. How you, oh, I shouldn't really call it that. A bit oh, like a Scottish you play. messed it up. Sorry, oh, I sort of messed up. Oh, you, can, well, you can edit it out. Oh. You can edit it out. So
0: you can, you can do one can of those... Um,
1: yeah, you can, you can say that I did mention it, but then you edit it out. But it's a bit like the Scottish play where you, you shouldn't mention the name. I don't want to mention their name. Um, but I mean, I will say, if they weren't America's team, they, they look really good. I do think there are teams that, you know, Tampa Bay and Green Bay are other teams that certainly, I think, can beat them. But they, they, they've got stars all over the field.
0: They have the highest swing, I think, from their yes. good games and their bad games yes. as far as like what they're, they can do on offense. Their defense has looked reliably stout this entire year. But the overwhelming conversation since last Sunday has been, the Cowboys look great, but they don't always look this great every single week. Which yes. version of this Cowboys team are we going to see from week to week? And inconsistent. I think we're going to see which team this is really going down the stretch because going into the playoffs, you start to see which teams get hot. And it's, uh, I I would argue that you can't really start a hot track any harder than the Dallas Cowboys did this week. I wouldn't be shocked if they ran the table. And if they did run the table for the rest of the season, get these last two wins, I would be hard pressed to pick anybody other than the Packers beating them out of the conference.
1: I can see that. I mean, I think those three teams have started to establish themselves as the best in the NFC.
0: And I would throw the Rams into that conversation as well. The Rams to me are slightly like America. You're wondering, team. you're wondering, I'm wondering, about wondering what them. can I call them?
1: Yes. I'm on uh, but, but also, Hollywood Ram time. Yeah. But, but also British just, go on
0: turf version three.
1: Yeah. But, but then I'm also, they remind me a, a bit like Dallas. Um, oops. I just said them, but um, I didn't mention their actual name. I don't want to say inconsistent, but their highs are really high and their lows are really low. Whereas to say with Green Bay and Tampa Bay, I just feel that you I mean, obviously you just kind of know where they're going to be every week. Yeah.
0: So why don't we go ahead and transition and talk about that other team from Texas. The Houston Texans upsetting the Chargers, a Chargers team that really, really needed to keep their foot on the gas and decided to... Uh, let the Texans score 41 points on them. I don't know. that I wouldn't have made that decision. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of done with the Chargers. Davis Mills looked really good. He Davis did. Mills looked really good. I mean, for me,
1: I, I sort of want to talk about the Chargers more because, I mean, yeah, to me, it's obviously more about the Chargers, obviously, because the Texans are god-awful, um, although they did play really well and they deserve to win and fair play to them. The Chargers just... Their just, fine. They're often. They're just the the AFC equivalent of the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals backed into they the really playoffs, are. even though they lost. And, yep. and and the Chargers, like, I mean, they're outside looking in, and, and I, I there's part of me that doesn't want them to get in the playoffs, but obviously I hope that it's hard because obviously I have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, and I really want them to play well. If I wasn't kind of rooting for them or cheering them on. I'd be like, I just, you know, just kind of get out. Like they're just, they're eight and seven. They should be, they should be 11 and four. Like they're that good. Or they should be, you know, 10 and five, eight and seven. You know, obviously two weeks ago with the whole, you know, um, going for, you know, fourth down constantly against Kansas City, just being absolutely rubbish against a really poor team that they shouldn't have to play that well to beat them.
0: I hate giving passes to teams that give up 41 points to a team as bad as the Texans. But one thing that I do want to speak on this is that the Chargers very well may have been without their best player this past week due to the COVID list. They did not have Joey Bosa. And you can see Mm -hmm. that by how little they got to the quarterback. They had a total of one sack from Jerry Tillery and they only had two total quarterback hits. And when you lose a player as monumental as Joey Bosa from your line, and you see that there is no pressure, I'm not saying that I'm giving them a pass and they're going to go all the way to the championship game or that they're even going to get to the playoffs, but that is a huge loss to suffer when the best player on your team is arguably not there. I mean, that, that, that's fair enough. I,
1: I, whether that one loss is really... I, don't get me wrong, Joey Bosa is great. You know, there are 10 other players... There are 10 out of the, the players. Field. And to, to give up 41 points to that team, yeah. that's, that, that's not good enough. that's that we to, may be seeing the emergence of Davis
0: Mills. We may be seeing the emergence Maybe. of Davis Mills. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on from that. Uh, holy crap. Joe Burrow. Joe <laughs> Burrow. Oh, my God. That was the game that we had been waiting for. I saw a statistic earlier today. For those of you who don't know, didn't know, this past week, Joe Burrow threw for four touchdowns, 525 yards, which is the franchise record for the the Bengals. The Baltimore Ravens have only had six games in their history where they have th- had a quarterback throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns against them. Two of those games are by Joe Burrow this season. Yeah, he's thrown over 400 yards both
1: times. Against the
0: twice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the Ravens defensively aren't that great. I think they've become more of an offensive team. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I mean, all three of his receivers put up monster numbers or like really good numbers. He was just, yeah, it was like a practice guy. I mean, talking about John Madden, it was like Madden. I mean, it was just air raid. It was just, you know, that, that is video game numbers, 525 yards and four touchdowns. He is... Really, really good. And the one thing for me, I'm just so happy. We, we have touched upon this in previous episodes about he had a horrific injury last year. And he was, ve- he was very good. He looked, he looked a really decent rookie last year. And then he goes down and everyone's like, it's a horrible injury. I hope he comes yeah. back. And he's come back almost just sort of taken, taken off from where he left off.
0: Um, he did his and I'm really happy more for for him. We,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. Cincinnati have got a good one there. I mean, they could be on to a really good thing with him.
0: If you could take one of these two offensive combinations, and that's going to be what you get for the next five years, which of these two combinations would you take? Uh, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak Prescott, or Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins? They're both great, you know, if you could if take all of them. The one, the one thing I will say, Ezekiel Elliott is
1: now a kind of veteran. Joe Mixon, yep. he's, had a, he's had a really good year. And I, he's a very under-the-radar, not-talked-about running back. And he's actually really good. Like, he's – but people just, you know, obviously people talk about Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook. No one ever mentions Joe Mixon, but he's just solid. Like, he just puts up numbers – all the time. And when you have Joe Burrow, I think Joe Burrow, obviously, he's much younger than Dak Prescott. I think his ceiling is, is potentially higher. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. I would take Cincinnati that, that kind of...
0: That, that lineup? Yeah, yeah, that lineup. I, I think I would, too. I want to change the subject to kind of a question about two different teams. And one of these teams has been streaking up for the past couple of months. And the other team has been streaking down for the past month or so. And I want to get your thoughts on which of these two teams you think is more likely to keep their trend up or down going. The Dolphins streaking up and currently in the seventh spot for the AFC wildcard and hasn't lost the game since early November Hmm. or the Cardinals who has been having is as bad of a slump as you have had similar to as bad of a slump that they had to end last season uh, and have now found themselves out of control of the NFC West but they are but they are actually in the playoffs because they are in the playoffs because of
1: other results yeah
0: correct so which um, of those two teams do you think is more likely cont- to continue their trend that it's it's really hard. it's really hard i i'm hoping i can see the dolphins Doing
1: it, you know, the Dolphins winning at New Orleans, no matter who they are playing, is a really it's actually tough. A lot of people yeah. say, along with Seattle, they're the two toughest places to go and win. And I think you I have would to throw one- Arrowhead Stadium in there as well. Oh yeah, but well, given how good Kansas City is, yeah, fair enough. Well, and how but,
0: loud that place is. That place can right. be louder than uh, than Lumen Field.
1: Okay, so I I can see the Dolphins quietly keeping their trend up. And I hope they do. Like, I like a kind of feel good story. And also I like the fact that again, no one, no one thought the Dolphins were going to do anything this year because they started off so badly. People forget that last year they were 10 and six and were unlucky to get in the playoffs. I think there were three teams that were 10 and six and they ended up obviously because of whatever analytics or whatever they used, they didn't get in. So the last year, they had a good team. They, they had most of the same pieces. And obviously, they mm-hmm. added Jayden Waddle, who is a very, very good rookie wide receiver.
0: And this season, um, you've had a healthy tour. Yes, so actually, he was been injured. Able they they were in and out, in
1: and out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Arizona, I'm just sort of, I'm sort of done with them. I mean, they lost, but still secured a playoff spot. Um, the, the weird thing with Arizona, and a lot of people said this... Um, I think two weeks ago, they, they just look sort of a beaten team a little, a little bit. They're, they, they've had a really bad slump. And obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is out for the year. On paper, again, they, they, they can beat anyone because Kyler Murray is fantastic. But they just haven't played well for the last few weeks. So you, you, you kind of have to go on current form. The Dolphins are arguably, well, they are the hottest team in the league at the moment. Yeah. And I don't think many teams want to play them. And they've also found this, I don't know we talk about this game manager, but they just kind of, they're just doing the fundamentals right. Tua doesn't go out there and throw for 500 yards like Joe Burrow, but they sort of putting
0: him in positions to win. If you watch that game on Monday night, and I watched pretty much everything but the last like three, four minutes or so of it, uh, Tua doesn't do anything particularly dynamic. Um, no. He sits there, he finds the open receiver, He's sort of dink and dunk a bit as well. But what he does is he's patient. He sits beside an offensive line that, to be fair, was being harassed by uh, Karen Jordan multiple times in that game. But what he did successfully, more often than not, was he was able to set his feet down and just make the pass. And that is something that is very hard to teach somebody that doesn't already know. You can see a lot of young quarterbacks that get those scared feet And they'll suddenly just like, oh, I've got to escape almost immediately. And Tua trusts sitting himself down and just looking and following and trusting his reads. If he can keep that going and continue to grow, I think that this Dolphins team is going to continue to develop. And you may recall at the beginning of the season when we were picking uh, how this division, the AFC West, was going to play out. We said we think that the Bills are going to win. Shocker, I know. We thought that the Patriots were going to still be there. In the mix, and, yeah. And we thought that the Dolphins were going to keep the trend going. And we they did. had a potential to be able to surprise people and mm. potentially make that next step. Now, yeah. they may end up with a similar record than they did next year, but I would argue that by seeing this seven-game winning streak that they're on shows to me like that they are taking that next step. That so they
1: are taking that, yeah, that they are improving. So the Dolphins are currently in the seventh seed. They are. The, the Ravens, I believe, are currently outside looking in so they're the Ravens eight. may not win another game this season if the Ravens were 8 5 and 2 would they currently be above the Dolphins or would they be in a playoff spot
0: surely they would be yeah 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 they would be they, if the Ravens were 8 5 and 2 they would be above the Dolphins because they don't have as high a losing percentage as the Dolphins have right so I certainly don't want to bring this up again but um, oh my god I'm gonna <laughs>
1: A no, tie is worse I, no. than a
0: loss. A tie is worse <laughs> than a loss. Book it.
1: I, I have no sympathy for the Ravens. And given what we talked about the last couple of weeks, I really hope the Ravens don't make the playoffs because it serves them right for going for a win when a tie would have actually got them in the playoffs. And, I, and I'm sorry, but I know we can go on about this, but like, surely, surely the end game is to get in the playoffs. Literally, at this moment, if they had drawn two games they would be in the playoffs looking in and right. they would be, they would be in control of their own destiny.
0: So it's yeah, enough said before I leave this. And I want to talk about the Dol- the Cardinals for a second, because it was the question sure. was about both teams. We've now seen this for as, as, at least as a trend that's taken place with the Cardinals for two seasons in a row, where in the second half of the season, they do tend to either get hurt or they tend to start playing poorly. I wasn't saying this at the beginning of the season uh, when I was seeing some inconsistencies or even when the Cardinals started losing their first couple of games. I'm wondering if it's time for Cliff Kingsbury to go, uh, just because this is now a trend at this particular point. And he has been the biggest weak spot on this team. The personnel and the roster, you said, is about as talented as you can get in the NFL. I think if you put in a decent defensive-minded coach with an offensive coordinator that can allow Murray to be able to continue to be dynamic... I think you have a potential for a lot of great things. Or, and this is a worst-case scenario, if Eric Bieniemy gets a hand on Kyler Murray, the offensive uh, coordinator yeah. goes yeah. and gets his hands on Kyler Murray as a head coach. After working with Pat, Pat Mahomes for yeah, four years that or whatever. might yeah. be the scariest team for a decade.
1: I agree. I think that there's this, um, as you say, it's been a trend the last couple of years. Cliff Kingsbury, like, he doesn't... I think sometimes when you get to this kind of... When all teams do go through slumps or a lot of teams mm-hmm. do in all sports. And it's about how you get yourself out of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously the, the Cardinals are talented enough to win any game, but Did it's been a worrying trend. The most trend.
0: talented team of the whole league. Yeah.
1: And so you need, you need someone to, I know, to sometimes give you a kick up the ass. And it seems that Cliff Kingsbury isn't that type of person, isn't that type of coach that would be yeah. like, okay, come on lads, like sort yourselves out. I, I, I agree with you. I think if you got, if you got in a great, offensive coordinator and, and, a, and a good defensive-minded coach that, that makes you more difficult to beat, it could be a, a scary proposition. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if they would say to Cliff Kingsbury, look, we'd love to retain you, but can you be the offensive coordinator? We'll oh, they will not do that. They won't do that. <laughs> no, they wouldn't the- do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's good conversation about what has happened before. I would like to talk about two games that are upcoming that, to me look like monster games and really are, have a potential of being able to show what is capable of the AFC in the playoffs. The game that I am most excited about for this coming weekend is the Chiefs at Bengals. Oh my gosh, Pat Mahomes that, versus the 500-yard king. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the match of the week. I mean, yeah, but without, without
1: a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt it's, it's two great teams, uh, two great offensive teams, both teams are, certainly Kansas City, are, have just been on a roll. They've got back on track after their, their slump. And, you know, they've locked up their division and are going for that number one seed. They seem to have got back on track. Cincinnati, obviously, last week, just, you know, just lights out against the Ravens. However, the one thing I would say about Cincinnati, and we did touch about, touch on this a few times, they are a bit like the Chargers. Boom or bust. You just never, I will say, you never know what you're going to get with Cincinnati. And it wouldn't surprise me if Kansas City stomp all over them. Like being honest.
0: I think if we're seeing any team dominate the other team in this matchup, it's going to be Kansas City, not just because right. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but also because the Chiefs defense has really dictated how their season has gone. It's, it's right. stepped up in a big way. Right. Right. Now, the uh, other game that I want to talk about involves one of the teams we just recently talked about. It's going to be Dolphins and Titans. Yeah, that's another good game. That's, that's another good game. good game. And that's, to me, this game is going to be the big test for Tua to see if he is in a position to be able to maybe take the Dolphins to win a playoff game or two. I agree.
1: It's a tough matchup to go and play. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a tough match to go and play in Tennessee, even though they're without Derrick Henry. But, you know, for they, how they much always longer? play Derrick Henry yeah, may come true. back in a couple weeks. Back. But they, you know they've got a good defense they just play hard and and you're right i think this this will be okay let's see how good you really are dolphins like you know if if you've won seven in a row
0: that's great but but this is this is going to be a tough game looking at the teams that they beat in this long stretch there aren't a lot of top tier teams that they've beaten they beat the texans they beat the jets they beat the panthers the giants the jets again and the saints uh (laughs) they beat the ravens in this stretch as well but again it's the Ravens during a time when they started to slump. So this is really their first big test since they lost to the Bills on Halloween. And I want right. to see how they respond to playing against the playoff-caliber team. That's a, that's going to be a really good matchup. So if you were to predict right now, out of the teams that are fighting to get in the playoffs, I'm going to give you a choice. I want you to tell me one team that has not clinched a wild card spot yet in both okay. conferences. And I want you to tell me which ones you have most confidence in those teams making it that have okay. not already clinched a wild card spot? So from the AFC,
1: the team that I have most confidence in is the Colts. Um, yeah. I think even though Carson Wentz is out with COVID this week, well, yeah, but I mean he's not very good anyways. Oh. So well, that I mean it's the Jonathan Taylor show. Yes, it, I mean it is, and that's what and, and that's fine. I mean I think they could plug and play another serviceable quarterback
0: and just say, we'll give the
1: ball to Jonathan Taylor. You can have you throw 10, 15 times, nothing special, you know, and that's how they've won. That's how they've won this season. It's been about him and most teams still can't stop him. They're the team that I have most confidence in that will definitely be in the wild Um, you know, the other thing I, I hope is that the Ravens don't make it. And I know we, we touched about that, but I just, you know, I want my hypothesis to be proven correct. But, um, <laughs> uh, but so in the NFC, switching over to the NFC, the Eagles have been playing really well. They've and, been playing really
0: well. They've been, they've been really running well the well ball. They've been yeah, running the ball. That's what they
1: do. That's what they do. But do I have, uh, this is going to sound weird. I, I don't really have confidence in any of those teams in terms of if you take the 49ers, the Eagles, the Vikings and the Falcons uh, and the Saints. The Falcons, but although the Falcons and Saints have losing records. So if you just take those three teams.
0: Well, sort of the Vikings.
1: Oh, the Vikings are seven and eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So
0: it, to me, if you just take San Francisco and the Eagles and the Vikings. The 49ers still have to play the Rams one more time. The Eagles right. still have to play the Cowboys one more time. And the right. Vikings still have to play Green Bay one more time. Right, so, none of those teams are guaranteed to get two wins.
1: No, I, I, God, I'm going to push. I've got no idea. I mean, my gut reaction is to. I'm go not going to let team. you push.
0: I'm going to make you pick. <laughs> uh,
1: a Seattle mathematically out of the playoff picture. Yes, they are. Oh man. Okay, so I am. You know what? In the spirit of Christmas, I'm going to pick my competitors this week. Hometown team. The San Francisco 49ers, as a surefire thing to get in the playoffs. Okay, I will say they have a great defense out of those teams vying for those playoffs. You can kind of always bank on them. They're, they don't, they don't like let other teams roll over them. Um, the question marks are always about sort of Jimmy G, really.
0: Yeah, and he just tore his uh, muscle on his hand. Right, and Trey. Is it and official? Trey Lance. Lance is- is I don't know started. if it's official because. The, the injury to Jimmy G is not such that it's going like to pre- like prevent him from necessarily right. seeing play, but it right. may, they may have to shut him down. Yeah. So you're going to pick the 49ers. I'm going to pick the 49ers. How about you in the AFC? So the, the team that I have the most confidence in t- traditionally is going to be the team that has Jonathan Taylor on it. For the sake of being able to put out a name, another name there, I, I have all the confidence in the world that the Patriots are going to make the playoffs.
1: Hmm. Yeah, but, I can see
0: that. They play the Jaguars this coming week. That should be yeah. an easy win to get them to 10 wins, and that should be yeah. enough to put them in. Um, yeah. And then they play the Dolphins in the last week of the season, which could be a game for seeding. Yeah. Even though the Patriots, this, they're, they're still looking like a playoff team. They could potentially do whatever a, a Patriots team in the playoffs could potentially do. I think it's a team that has a lot of upside, and they have a bright future ahead of them. Right. It's to say about the Patriots. Yeah, but they can still win the division. They can still win the division. Uh, yeah. I, wouldn't put money, I wouldn't put money on them winning the no. division. In the NFC, the team that I have the most confidence has a chance to be able to go ahead and clinch one of those wildcard spots is actually the Eagles, which mm. is kind of mind-blowing considering where they were just a few weeks ago. But one, two, three... Four or five, they have gone five and one in their past six games. Along with the Dolphins, they are arguably one of the hottest teams that's yeah. out there. And they run, they
1: run so well. I mean, they run and they've, so they figured
0: well. out that Miles Sanders is what they need to do, and they don't need to just put it all on Jalen Hurts. no And I no. think that a team that discovers themselves halfway through the season to figure out what their strength is, adjust, and then succeed with it—that is just as dangerous as any team that's been doing it right all year long. Yeah. I I totally agree. Yeah, They play the Cowboys in the last week of the season. For all we know, the Packers may have already clinched the spot for the number one seed, and maybe the Cowboys are going to rest their starters. I Mm. highly doubt they would do that against a division rival like the Eagle, especially if they can keep them out of the playoffs with a loss, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles just straight up beat them in the last week of the season.
1: Yeah, that's
0: a good pick. Yeah. I'm going to give you the floor again to talk about this league championship matchup.
1: <laughs> wow. I, I'm honored. You know, I've had a very good team this year. It all comes down. It's, it's for all the marbles this week. I will say it's, you know, it's the best two teams going at it. And that's rare in fantasy football or, or even in the NFL where you get the top two teams. It's not often that, that it happens. Like Often you get a team that just gets hot in the playoffs and there's injuries. You know, I like the fact that it's the one and two teams that are going at it. I know that he won't play CEH, even though that's his favourite play. Although I think CEH is actually not available for him. You know, I'm just hoping that my team... I'm going to stick with the people that have got me to the final. I'm 99% sure I'm going to play Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler. I know they're just coming back from COVID. But, um, you know, on paper, I, I do have a really strong team. But I have lost... I have lost three matches and Jalen Waddell, you know, he got me out of the mire last week. So um, half of me's like, I can't, I'm in a bit of a quandary because I want to play Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and I could play Chase Edmonds as my flex. But then, given what Jalen, and, and if, Jay, if um, James Connor can't go again, it's very tempting to me, uh, very tempting. Um, for me to play Chase Edmonds just because of the amount of carries, and he also catches out of the backfield to play as a flex. But given what Jalen Waddle did last week, I, I almost feel bad that I'm not going to play Jalen Waddle. But I mean, in terms of the rankings this week, in in most of all the websites, he's ranked in the top ten. And I've got Dalton Schultz who had a good game last week. You know, I'm I've got I've got a team that I'm proud of, and I'm hoping they can they can get me a win. It's been a long time since. It's been three years since I've been in the final. So I'm due a win. Like I said, though, I have already won the league because I, you know, so I, I've already won. This is just the icing on the cake. So whatever happens, happens. my prediction is I'm going to lose because I'm going <laughs> to lose to someone that, A, doesn't really give a shit anyway. And I, I have this feeling that Josh Allen is just going to go off. He had a great game last week. He can run for 100 yards and throw for 300 yards at any given game. He could get 40. He's got Stefan Diggs, too, who can have a monster game. So, yeah, I'm going to predict I'm going to lose by 25 points.
0: I'm going to go ahead and give a voice for Improper Mark here, just so we can go ahead and showcase him a little bit as well. His team looks pretty, pretty stacked. You already mentioned Josh Allen. He's running Alvin Kamara and Sony Michel. Uh, wide receivers are CD Lamb, Debo Samuel, and uh, Michael Pittman Jr., along with Dallas Goddard as a tight end. You already t- went into long detail about what your team was before, but arguably you have two teams that, with the exception of, I think, the absence of, like, Cooper Cup, these are two of the best rosters you could put together uh, for this Wow, season. I feel honored. So who have you got? But, 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 but but, to but, 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 I will say that the prediction. Best- uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I haven't okay. finished my, my, my soapbox. Undoubtedly, the two teams with the best kickers made it to the championship game. Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker. So you're welcome, Biz, for gifting you the championship by trading you the kicker. It's all about the kickers. It's
1: all about the kickers. You know, you can bank on Justin Tucker. And you're right, Harrison Butker is a great... I had him, I believe, last year or the year before. You did. He's great. I mean, they are the two best kickers in, in the game. And you know, well, certainly with Kansas City that well certainly the last six seven weeks they've been putting up stacks of points so you know there's always opportunity for Harrison Butker. I
0: will predict a win for you. Uh you are up oh my no. projection no. by about eleven points. Oh, and no. my picks usually go pretty no. right south. So I'm gonna go ahead <laughs> you did that and deliberately. You just I'm put giving you the gift of, of death. Of death, death. yeah there
1: we go. Thanks thanks Mark you know what? I'm just not going to play now. Improper <laughs> <mark>. congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations. it. The voice of much. doom. The voice of doom has spoken.
0: See you next year, everyone. <laughs> so speaking of the voice of doom, the last bit of cleaning that we have to do here, and we're just going to touch on the. Oh, review, okay. First okay. off, I'm going to go ahead and bow to you. You have clinched winning pickums for the season. Another uh, another title for me. Wow, another title. The gift it is, is Christmas possible. after all. It is possible for you to win everything for this podcast. The regular season, the playoffs, and the pickums. You've already done two of the three. Oh, get the beginner's luck.
1: Beginner's luck. The hat trick. I'm going for the
0: hat trick. Yeah. So I will let you go ahead and select your team first uh, this week. Oh, but please please give, give, give the, the listeners, the viewers,
1: the listeners a recap of who we picked and how, oh, and how we can. Last week have-
0: you picked the Falcons, and they beat the Lions because you, me, and nine old fat guys could beat the the Lions, I think. And I picked the Chargers. We already talked about what the Texans did to them, so we don't know to get, get into any more conversation about that. I, I'm going to give you Juzo because I remember
1: last week when we were talking about it. I wanted to pick the Chargers, too, because I hadn't picked them yet. I don't it believe... It looked like an attractive team to take. Uh, well, of course. I mean, any team playing the Texans, you, you're thinking, OK, you're okay. on to... Sh- yeah, Um but for the sake of the podcast, we were like, okay, we shouldn't pick the same team. So yeah. I would have actually probably picked the Chargers too, in which case. So you know what? Seeing as I have already won, why don't you, why don't you go first? And I will allow you to make your pick-em for this week.
0: I said a few weeks ago that I was going to make this specific pick when you told me if I was <laughs> finally going to pick my team. As bad of a year as the Seahawks have been, I'm going to do what you did last week and pick the team playing against the Lions. I'm going to pick the Seahawks over the Detroit Lions this week. That's a great pick. Obviously, Seattle are at home as well. Even as bad as Seattle has been, and they haven't
1: had a good season, again, on paper, they have great players. And there is no way
0: that Seattle should be losing to the Lions. No, no, there is a good reason why they would lose this week. Oh, why? Because you can secure a better pick? No, no, because I picked them. Oh. (laughs) And we can't secure a better pick. We traded our first-round pick away. I believe I have picked the Patriots already, haven't I? You you have not. Okay. You have not picked the Patriots yet. And I also, have I picked
1: the 49ers yet? No. So I'm just looking again at (laughs) some some of the dregs of the league. New England is at home to Jacksonville. That's an attractive game. And San Francisco is at home to Houston. I mean, the
0: Houston Texans just beat the Chargers. Davis Mill,
1: greatest quarterback of all time. They did. They probably stayed in California this week too. You know what? It's, it's, it's really tricky though. You know, I am going to pick, because I'm playing in, the, in our league, because I'm playing someone from the Bay Area, uh, I'm not going to pick San Francisco, even though I actually think that's more of a surefire thing than New England beating Jacksonville. But I'm going to take the New England Patriots to beat Jacksonville. And that is my pick
0: for this week. And with that, the final episode of 2021... Is gonna to come to an end. Biz, do you have any shout outs before we close this episode?
1: Do you know what I, I do? I am gonna shout out Jalen Waddle because I never in a million years thought I was gonna win. On, fan of on the show Sunday night. Probably. A fan of the Jaylen show, Jalen Waddle. We should we should tweet you, <laughs> Jalen Waddle, just for doing me a solid,
0: as they say. So here's to you, Jalen Waddle. Thanks for getting me in the final. How about you? I'm gonna shout out a college football team of a university that I briefly went to. Uh, University of Maryland destroyed the Hokies in their bowl game earlier today. I want to say it was like 34 really? 10 Wow. Wow. Yeah. Congrats destroyed to UMD. Them. Go Terps.
1: Yeah. Well, congrats UMD. It's a, the, good, good to UMD. Good to get a bowl win.
0: Good to get a bowl win. And with that, my glass is empty. Biz, Mine always too. a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers.